0: You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to RenewLifeChurch.com. Good morning. Y'all packed it in here today. Some of y'all are like, I'm following God in 2023. (laughs) I like it, that's what I like to see, yeah. Y'all glad you're in church? It's a good place to be. Look at your neighbor and say, you needed to be here. (laughs) Look back at that person and say, you need it more than I do. (laughs) Oh man. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Keith and I'm the campus pastor in Lubbock and a part of our teaching team here. And um, just uh, always uh, love coming to Midland, back to Midland and uh, getting to share with you guys and kind of just share what I feel like the Lord is saying And, um, and what he's doing, I kind of like even the theme of, of, of worship today. And, uh, that being that, you know what, it actually isn't about our performance today. It's not about how well we did this week or how bad we did this week. Our identity is not wrapped up in anything else except the finished work of Jesus. That, that what he did was enough for you and me. What we do is not Enough. No matter how bad we are, and it doesn't actually matter how good we could be. It, it, it doesn't, Scripture is very, very clear, it won't get us saved. He loves us so much, He chose to save us in our mess. He chose to save us as a mess. <laughs> he chose to use people who won't ever get it right. We'll never, isn't that crazy? We'll never get everything right. I don't stand, today as I stand up here and preach to you today, I do not stand up here a sinless man. I was talking crap to Cody before I got up here. <laughs> oh, this is the beauty of the gospel. This is actually the beauty of what we in this, this room believe. We actually are in relationship with a God who sacrificed for us who did it all for us, amen? So as you sit here today and as you listen, even to this message today, I want you to listen in the context of the new covenant, in the context of what Jesus has done, the finished work of the cross, the fact that we live in grace, that anything that we, that we do, it's not to earn his love, it's not to earn his favor. No, we do it because of his love and because of his favor. We do it because who he's made us to be is something great, and we don't have to be ashamed about it. Amen? Look at your neighbor since you were mean to him earlier and say, you're great. There you go. There, so now we're all back on good terms. All right. If you have your Bible, open to James chapter one, in verses 22 through 25. James one, 22 through 25. Here, James says this, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I love this scripture because it's just, it's straight up. It just tells you how it is right off from the bat. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, notice that, continues in that word, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed in what they do. You know, Nike came out with a slogan in 1988 that became iconic. It's a slogan that we see all over their commercials still today. There might even be someone here that's wearing the actual t-shirt with this little phrase on it. We all know the phrase. We all know the slogan. It's three little words. Just do it. Just do it. This phrase kind of took America and the world by storm, if we were to be really honest. one of the mo- If you look at it and you hear it, there's nothing profound about it. It's very simple. Oh, but it means so much. It it, it goes across the sports realm into our everyday life, into into our businesses, into our marriage, into relationships. There's a truth about this slogan, just do it. You know why I think it took off so well? You know why why I think it's hanging around while it means so much to people? It's because as people, we're not naturally good at just doing it. None of us are great at just, to just do it. I'll give you a really great example. Have you ever told your kids, just do it? And what do they do? They don't just do it. They want to know why. They want to know how. They want to know what on earth would I stop playing this video game for to obey my parent. We're not naturally, we don't have this natural I don't know a way about us that just wants to do it. You know, the truth is there are things that get in the way of just doing it. Whatever that is, Uh, I think this is really relevant right now to you because many believers and non-believers. At the first of the year, we go about our New Year's resolutions. We we figure out these things we're just going to do. Uh, It's day eight. How you doing? How many said you were going to work out this week? Raise your hand. We're going to testimony service. Raise your hand. I'm just kidding, you know not have to raise your hand, but thank you. <laughs> Keep your hand raised if you actually did what you planned to do. Come on, somebody, that's all right, week two's coming, let's just be real. <clears throat> no, there's things that get in the way. Sometimes when it comes to just doing it, we, we don't know the next step to take. Or, or maybe we're scared to take the next step. Maybe there's a little fear involved. Maybe it's too big of a risk, maybe in a, in, in a business idea or, or whatever that may be. The truth is there are, there are barriers to doing things. But I want you to make no mistake about it. The God we're in relationship with and the God that created you, he created you to do. He created you to accomplish. He created you to succeed. He created you to take action. He created not just human beings, but human doings. We're called to do. We're called to advance the kingdom. We're called to love people. There's things that He's made us to do. So the question becomes how do we actually do it? You know, when it comes to our relationship with God, I think this applies maybe more than anywhere else. In our relationship with God, let's just be real, God wants us to do some things. You say, what does he want us to do? Kind of a big task, everything he said in his word. When we read this word, guess what? He wants action to take place. He wants us to do it. When he speaks to our heart and when he places vision and dreams in a next step, in a big step of faith in our heart, guess what? He didn't just do that to dangle the carrot. No, he actually wants you to do it. He's made us to do things. This is what James was actually talking about. He said, don't just be a hearer. Don't just be a listener deceiving yourself. No, actually do what God says. So how is it that we do it? How do we get over the barriers? How do we get over those moments that we're in fear and we can't risk it and we don't want to risk it? How do we actually take a message you hear on Sunday and and remember it past the Mexican food you're about to have? How do we actually do it? Today, I wanna help you, give you some tools. Because I know this, you wouldn't be here today if you didn't wanna do what he's saying. I want you to know today, I'm not talking to a group of people that I believe are in rebellion towards God. You're here today. The proof of you sitting in that, there's proof that you're pursuing God. It's the fact that you're sitting in that seat. And the fact that you're sitting in that seat tells me one of two things. Someone drug you here, or you actually want to pursue God and do what he says. So we just need the tools. We just need the very thing that will help us accomplish the vision, the word, that he has placed in our life. Amen? So today I want to, I want to title the message accomplish the vision, accomplish the vision. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for being here. <clears throat> thank you for creating us to do. We thank you, Jesus, even right now that we're not going to do to get anything from you, to get more love or to get more favor. We already have that, but we do want to, we, we want to look like you. We want to talk like you. We want to represent you well. So Holy Spirit, lead and guide us today into this truth, we open up who we are, everything that we are to you, and say, change us today. Mold us to look and be a disciple of yours. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. 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 Have you ever met someone that gives advice about something they've never done themselves? Anybody ever met a person like this? Anybody ever been? I feel like this section. Y'all are, y'all are crazy over here. Anybody, y'all, y'all are these people, aren't you? We've all, let's be honest, we've all kind of been this this person before. Maybe given advice too soon or, or given advice about something that we've actually never done. I'm talking about the person that, you know, you, you, you do all the research, um, you read all the books, you get all the information, but you don't actually ever. Do it now. Let's all just be really honest. We don't listen to anything those people say, do we? There's there's not a whole lot of value in those people's words. I'll give you an example today, um, <clears throat> guys. You'll appreciate this because every time I come, I talk about football, and today will be no different. <laughs> I, I laugh to myself about this often because. Um, the, all, uh, how many football fans in here? Raise your hand. There's a bunch of you, I know, like you're going to go home and you're probably going to do this today. And you've probably s- said this before, but we have the nerve as people to sit back and, and, and I'm not judging you, right? I've, I do this. I'm not judging. Just hear me. We say things like this. We will be watching a football game and we'll be watching the quarterback position. And there will, there will, this phrase will come out of our mouth. How did he not see that? That guy was wide open. And, 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 and I know we're not, we're, It's just is what it is. It's just talk and this is what we do with watching football and professional athletes. But if you really break it down and you really start to think about what you're saying, you're sitting on the couch. <laughs> and you're saying, how did he not see that? And you know what you get to watch? You get to watch a big old TV screen with a view of a camera. This is, what, this is real life. You know where that camera's at? It's hanging about 10 feet above the quarterback, looking out across the defense. And we think, how did he not see that? I'll tell you how he didn't see it. You want to know why? Because he has five grown 300-pound beasts trying to kill him and chase him while he's doing it. That's why. There's no other, there's no other way to explain it. Like... The truth is this, you can study and do all the research and me and you can sit down and you can tell me all about the quarterback position. And I'm not trying to be prideful here, but you just got to hear me today. Trust me, you know nothing about playing quarterback until you've done it. It's just, it is what it is. Because there is something that happens in experience. There is something that you can only learn by doing it. Hear me today, you don't really know what it's like to be a mom until you have a kid. Anybody else read all the parenting books before you had your first kid? Anybody else throw them in the trash afterwards? (laughs) Like, well, that didn't really help that much. There's no shame. There's no judgment. It is what it is. There's something to be said about what we really learn when we do. You can explain to your kid how to ride a bike, but they won't really get it until they get up on one. And I want you to hear me today. It's very important that we do not become Christians who only hear and gain knowledge and get revelation, but never actually do. We have to be people. We have to be believers who don't just listen, but we do the very thing that we hear, that we we actually experience the word, that we go out and we take action, because here's the truth, there is something that you learn when you do the word that you cannot learn when you just read it. There's something that that you learn when you take action from a message that you hear on a Sunday that that you cannot get right now in this moment. We can learn, we can gain knowledge. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But there is something that happens when you do. And you know what that is? It's the very revelation that is tied up in the word or in the vision that God has given you. The the fullness of the revelation is only released when you take action. It's only when you step out on the field and you have those guys running after you and you have to keep your head up and find the open person that you really understand why you did not see that guy. Is this making sense to you today? The word and and the vision that God gives us, it really is no different. And here's the the very motivation that, 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 that should actually come to our life is when we realize, oh, we understand by hearing, but there's a whole nother level of understanding we get when we do. When we take action. You see, <clears throat> we all know this, this, the scripture. Jesus said it as he left the earth. It was the last thing he said. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Pretty easy to understand. Yeah, but there's a whole new revelation that comes when you go and pray or share the gospel with that person that isn't expecting you to come and talk to them. You don't know them, and it gets weird, and it seems awkward. Your heart's beating fast. It, let, me, let me just say, <clears throat> now you really know what it means to go and take the gospel to the whole world. Because it's in your doing, it's in your action, that the, the fullness of revelation actually begins to be released. You know, this actually applies in the the spoken word of God. I mean, you hearing God in the vision that he places on the inside of you. Some of you are waiting to understand what he's been telling you. And the only way you'll actually get understanding is if you'll take the first step and do. The fullness of the revelation, the fullness of the dream, the fullness of the vision, the fullness of the plan, it will not be released until you take action. Some of you are wondering like, where in the world is the fruit in my life? It's waiting on the backside of your doing. I said, it's waiting on the backside of our doing. James teaches this concept. He says, hey, we can't merely listen to the word. And he says an interesting statement. Deceiving ourselves. You know what happens when we just listen and we don't do We fall into deception. We actually deceive ourselves. What does that mean? It means that you hear something for so long and you never do it, that you actually start thinking you're doing it. This is a real thing. um, Over the last three or four months, I've gotten into like doing a bunch of research on like cold baths and ice baths. Anybody do do the whole ice bath in here? There was like two guys in the last service. I was like, I just wouldn't need to meet the real man in the room. (laughs) I I, I, I love like kind of going down the rabbit trail on YouTube and just video after video. And I got into doing all the research and I started learning about all the benefits of taking an ice bath. Y'all know what that is, by the way? It's pretty much like fill the tub with cold water, put a bunch of ice in it, and then suffer for as long as you can in it. That's what it is. And I just started, I I looked up the guy who started it, learned all the breathing techniques. I I could tell you most things about taking an ice bath. And after about four months, guess what? I thought I was was taking them. (laughs) And I hadn't jumped in one since I started doing the research. I'm like, oh yeah, that stuff, man. It just, it makes your body feel a lot better. But bro, shut up. You ain't been in one. You ain't done it. But I'm sitting there just listening, gathering information, thinking, oh, man, I'm such a beast. I'd get in a cold tub any day. Oh, really? Why don't you go get in one then, big boy? (laughs) This is a real thing. We We can become numb to the very words that we read in Scripture when we don't actually take action. Oh, but the good news is, is that when we take action, guess what happens? More revelation and the fruit of your action shows up in your life. So don't just be a hearer, be a doer. James in chapter two, he, he goes on in chapter two to kind of explain this more. In, in a portion of scripture that we probably know uh, more, if you've been in church, you've heard this one. <clears throat> he says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds can such faith save them suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food and if one of you says to them go in peace keep warm and well fed but does nothing about their physical needs what good is it here james is saying like here you have a person in trouble don't just tell them something that you know but do something It says it actually is no good to not not do anything. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Verse 26 says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Hear me today. Action brings your faith to life. Action is the doing is the very thing that brings that word to life. You doing will be the very thing that brings life to the vision God has placed in you. You actually taking a step will be the very thing that that breathes life into that new business adventure you know you're supposed to do. If you just take the step, if you just go, if you just take an action, guess what? All of a sudden, life comes. Life. James likens faith without, without deeds as as a physical body without a spirit. Now, not to to be gory or go into too much detail, but we've all been to a funeral before and we've all seen a body without a spirit. And we realize, oh man, that body was not the thing that was living. The thing that brought it life has gone. It's left. The life force The life force to your faith is action. And when action comes into faith, guess what? Your faith becomes alive. When when deeds come into that word or that vision, all of a sudden, there's life in it. Don't merely listen. We're not just hearers of the word. We're called to be doers. God created us to do. It's who we are. So, how is it, again, that we actually accomplish this? How is it that the vision that he speaks, the words that we read, the words we hear from him personally, how is it that they actually get accomplished in our life? Well, thanks for asking, because I actually have a couple answers for you. Number one, the thing that you have to do. You have to do it before you think you're ready. As a son and a daughter of God, you were created to do big things, amazing things, risky things, hard things. And you know what? You won't feel ready. There seems to be this thing about God. He, he, for some reason, he seems to like giving us as little information as possible. You ever notice that? He just gives you enough for the next step. He just gives you a light unto your feet, a lamp unto your feet. You know what a lamp unto your feet does? It lights up about a step. Thanks, God. He... Why? Because he, he likes the engagement. He likes the trust. He likes the collaboration. He likes the faith that it takes. And, I, and I'll just say this. In order for you to accomplish the vision in your life, I'm talking vision, I mean as big a vision as I'm supposed to make a career change or I'm supposed to do this ministry or I'm supposed to start this. I'm talking that kind of big vision and as little vision as bro, stop cussing. That all of its vision. All of it's the word of God spoken or or read or written. How do we accomplish it? We have to learn to actually do it before we're ready. The Bible is full of people who had to do it before they were ready. They did not feel ready. Moses said, God, you picked the wrong dude. You, You stopped at the wrong tent. It's not me. No, I need you to be my spokesperson to my people. Lord, I can't do that. I stutter. No, no, I I know. I chose you. (laughs) Some of us are waiting to do all the research. Let let me just stop right here. How many of you are the researchers in the room? Because I'm going to raise my hand. If you're going to buy a new TV, you do 18 billion hours of research. If you're going to buy... A piece of candy. You're like, which one's the best one in here? <laughs> what am I feeling today? I have no idea. And you just sit there in indecision and you just research and think and research and think over and over and over. All uh, right. Now, now if that person's with you, just point at them right now, just point. <laughs> if you wait with God to understand everything, you'll never do anything. He won't reveal everything to you. You want to know why? Because It's in the doing, now I'm gonna say this is gonna make a lot more sense. It's when you take action that the fullness of revelation and fruit comes to your life. That's when it comes. It's when you say, I'm not ready, but I'm going to take a step anyway. I don't feel like I'm the dude, but I'm gonna see myself as the dude and do it. I don't feel like I'm the woman to bring this word. Oh, but I know you're telling me to, God. Now, what I'm not saying is that we should step out without wise counsel. Should you seek counsel? Please, from Cody, he's great. Just All of you, just call him tomorrow. <clears throat> should we seek counsel in friends and pastors and spiritual leaders? 100%. Should we pray about things? Absolutely, but we all know there comes a time when you, don't, when you need, there's no more prayer that needs to happen there's no more counsel that needs to happen. No more research, and I'm preaching to myself. No more research needs to happen. It's time for you to do it, bro. It's time for you to do it. Oh, you don't feel ready? God's like, perfect. Perfect. This is, you, you just need to understand, if you don't like that, then you're gonna have a problem because this is the way that it is. It's the way that it is. We, you know, um, I'll give you an example. One of the things that I'm sure many of you would like to do is step into prophetic ministry. I don't mean on here, on the stage. I mean, just, you wanna know more about prophecy. It's always one of those things that's so um, attractive to the believer. And when you start to get into this, God will start to speak to you. If you want it, he'll give it to you. But guess what you're gonna have to do at some point? Give a prophetic word. And guess what that word might be? It might just be one word. Hey, go up to that person and just tell them favor. You got any more, God? You think you could just expound a little bit? It's gonna be really awkward when I say one word and look at them and they look at me and I have nothing else to say. (laughs) But you know what happens with prophecy? I've learned this. If you'll say the first word, there's another word that will come. And there'll be another word after that and another word after that and another word after that because God loves the collaboration. And if if you'll just step out and you'll just trust him with the word that he's given you, he will usually come and give you more explanation, but it will take the word coming out of your mouth first. And then he releases the fullness of it. Then he releases the revelation of it. Then he shows you what he was really trying to say. You know, I've seen this happen in my life a couple times. I hope this helps you. You'll think that you know what God is saying. <clears throat> and it's actually not what he's saying. It's not, it is what he's saying, but it's not what he really wants you to do. He's saying the perfect thing to get you to the place where you actually hear what he wants you to do. Does that make sense? He's like, he's like hey, I want you to take an right, example. Take a right on this street. <clears throat> and you take a ride on that street, all right? It wasn't about taking a ride on that street. It was the fact that he was about to lead you to your favorite Mexican restaurant ever in life, and you were gonna sit down and have the best day of your life. And he just wanted that for you. And you step in and like, oh, glory, this is where God was. It's just, and I, that's, a, that's a horrible example, but I didn't have one in my notes, so there you go. Um, but it's like, it is, he's, he, 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 he throws out breadcrumbs. And sometimes you're not ready to hear the real thing, so he's gotta take you one step. See, you have to step out, you have to, you wanna accomplish the vision in your life? You wanna accomplish what he's actually saying to you? You wanna be a doer? Sometimes it means you have to go before you feel ready. Number two, if you wanna accomplish what God has given you, the vision he gives you, you have to ask the Lord more questions. This is a tool, to just put it in your tool belt right now. Ask the Lord more questions. I'll read this to you. Many of us make the mistake of hearing the Lord and then going out and trying to accomplish it for him instead of with him. The mistake that many of us make is that when we hear God speak, we get into this mode of I'm gonna go do it for him instead of I'm going to do it with him. God is a God who does it with us. Newsflash, the one who gave you the vision probably has the strategy to accomplish it. This is what we all do this. Oh, yes, sir, Lord, I got it. And you start strategizing and you start thinking and you start coming up with all the ways you are gonna be so amazing for God. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, I got, oh, I got this. I got this, I'm a genius, I, I can do this, Lord. You see, what we have to actually learn to do is that actually when we get vision from God and he speaks, or we read the scripture and it's hard, we go back to him and we say, Lord, help. Lord, how do I accomplish this? Lord, you've given me this vision, this business idea, this ministry, this whatever. Can you give me some strategy Many of us just stop at God, what are you saying? When he speaks, then ask the question, what would you say more about that? And it's this abiding in him. It's this staying connected to the vine. It's not cutting yourself off, trying to do it in your own power and in your own strength. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And he wants us to do it with him, not for him. He wants to be involved. You know, just to give you an example, one of the words that I've gotten over um, for for this year, for me and Natalie, is just an emphasis on family. The Lord said family. And I knew what he meant. He meant my five that are in my house. And one of the phrases he gave me, he said, um, increased intentionality equals increased impact. If you will increase your intentionality, it will increase the impact and influence you have in any area. I need you to be more intentional with your kids, be more intentional with your family, get your house in order. This is the the season for that. And I've learned to do this when it it comes to my relationship with God. My next question was like, all right, Lord, how? How? And all of a sudden this idea pops in my head. And I'll just let you know, this is where it can get very, very practical. It doesn't stay over in la-la land, spiritual, whatever. It gets really, really practical. Ten minutes later, I had booked an Airbnb for a family ski trip. All right. Usually, (laughs) I said this last week to the Lubbock church, and I was like, oh, that was funny, but kind of rude. I was like, my favorite thing to do is snowboard, which means I don't want to do it with my family. (laughs) You know who I want to do it with? About four dudes who can rock and roll down the mountain. I ain't waiting on nobody, and we have a blast. That's how I wanna do it. Do I wanna go and teach my kids how to snowboard? No. Do I wanna lug all of their crap up the mountain? No. Do I want to dress them? Let me just say, this family trip coming up, it will not be fun. It's a sacrifice for the gospel is what it's gonna be. That's it, let's just be real. But I'm like, all right, and you got to learn to do this. When the Lord speaks, take action fast because if you get to go home and sleep on it, ain't no ski trip. You'll convince yourself otherwise. But it just got really practical. Okay, Lord, you said this. How can I be more intentional? Funny, for the first time ever, I actually considered we might get a dog. Someone tell me to not do it. Thank you. It's happened every service. Do not do that. Get more. Do it. Raise your hand for not do it. Raise your hand for do it. What? The Lord has spoken, Cody. I'm getting the dog. (laughs) Do it. But my mind went over into accomplishing the very thing that he wants me to accomplish. And I got, okay, Lord, you've got to show me ways to be intentional because what I don't want to happen is what has happened so many times in my own life. You give me great vision. You give me great. Six months later, I wake up and I ain't done nothing with it. Lord, let me not be that guy. Let me not be that person. Let me be a doer. I want you to know today, it's actually okay to go back to God and say, can you show me more? You know who did that? Peter did that. Him and his disciples, are out on the boat. They're in the storm. The Lord shows up. Jesus walks out on the water and says, it's me. Everything's okay. And the next response from Peter is, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Anybody ever pray a Lord, if it's you prayer? That's actually, that's fine. Lord, if that was really you, would you show me again? Lord, if that was really you, will you bring a confirmation into my life? Lord, if that's really you, can I lay out a piece of uh, you know, sheep's wool or whatever it was and, 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 and it's dew on the grass and nothing on that one? There's things in scripture that show you it's actually okay to ask God for confirmation because you know that when he speaks and you, when you know it's real, you're gonna do it. So we go before we're ready. And then we ask the Lord, we inquire of him, and we ask more questions. These are two ways to accomplish what he tells us to do. Number three, we have to have a heart of humility and honor. Cultivate a heart of humility and honor. We know the parable of the scattering of the seed. There's one soil that produces fruit. It's fertile soil. And one of the ways that we actually fertilize our soil is we, in, in, we put into our heart, we put humility and honor. Humility and honor for who? For him and for his word. I'm talking about a conviction to follow God. I'm talking about the fear of the Lord, the respect that you have for him, that when he speaks, you listen and do. That when he speaks, you put, a, you put weight on what he says. And there's something that happens over time in you and just maturing with the Lord, all of a sudden there comes a conviction that wasn't there before in your immaturity. And I'm not calling anyone immature in here today. But there, it just, that conviction grows. That honor goes. And, I, and, and, and what honor sounds like, this is what it sounds like in my head. When God speaks, it's like, well, crap, I guess I don't have a choice now. I'm so convinced that I have to do it. I have to honor what he said. Well, Lord, if you said it, if you told me to fast this for the next 30 days, okay. And you just, you put the the, the proper amount of honor and value on his word. You have honor and humility waiting on a word from God. Hear me, hear that today. You have humility and honor waiting on a word from God. When that is in your heart, Oh, God will give you stuff. Because he knows you'll honor what he says. He knows you'll do something with it. I've learned when you have honor there, honor's the very thing that helps you do step two. Honor's the very thing that that pushes you back to re-engage with God. You wanna know why? Because when honor is in your heart, he'll tell you to do stuff that takes risk. He'll tell you to do hard stuff. He'll have you go after things you don't feel like you're ready for. The reason he's given it to you is because he knows, oh yeah, I'm gonna drop that one in his heart. He'll, <laughs> he'll play around with that for a while, but eventually he'll do it. Oh, that's gonna eat him up. It's gonna eat, him, eat his sack lunch because he's gonna do it. Having humility and honor in our heart, Lord, I wanna follow you. Lord, I wanna do this. Lord, when you speak, actually put a lot of honor in what you say. One of the ways, and nobody look around and I'm not judging anybody in here today. This is a practical way you put honor into your heart. You take notes when the preacher's preaching. Come on, somebody. Because when I was young, this is one of the things that I did because I wanted to honor the words that were being said from God. Oh, I had a notebook out and when I read the, the scripture, I would make, take notes. I learned that um, if you're asking for dreams, don't ask for dreams and not have a notebook right there beside you. Cause if he gives you one, you need to get up and write it down. That is the voice of the living God speaking to you. Think about that. And it's just a tangible, practical way where you go, Lord, I'm, I honor you today. You'll be, you'd be amazed at what would happen if you got out a notebook and pen and set in a service. You wouldn't, you'd probably hear about 40% of what I said because he'll just start talking to you. Oh, you're, you, you want to hear, okay, I'll talk. Again, I am not judging you if you don't have a notebook in your hand right now. <clears throat> but we have to have honor in our heart. We have to have honor in our heart for what he says. And then number four, the way you accomplish vision. Last point here. Back to the very first thing we started with. You're just gonna have to do it. You're just gonna have to do it. And I'm gonna give you one little thing to go along with it. Do it and tell somebody you're going to do it. This may be the most important important point today. It's a little thing we like to call in church accountability. There is something that happens when you take what's in here and you voice it to someone you trust. If you want to get up and read your Bible at 6:30 every morning, tell your wife. I feel like the Lord told me I need to get up and read my Bible at 6:30. You know why you need to tell her? Because she will tell you when you don't. She'll know. You need someone to know. Man, I really feel like the Lord is is calling me to take this next step in my business. Tell someone that. Let them in. Number one, it it gives you wise counsel. Someone can speak into it. Number two, you are now accountable to somebody. Hey man, have you done that yet? Why don't you just take this step? Just call this person who has that business. Just call and talk to them. We all need this. We all need a coach in our life. We all need someone to come alongside us and say, hey, you said you were going to do this and you haven't. I love you, do it. You wanna start seeing fruit? Come on, answer me. Do you wanna start seeing fruit? I do too. More fruit, more revelation, more wisdom from God. It'll happen when you do. It'll happen when you get serious and you say, like, like, let me give you an example. Does anyone know what you're fasting for the next 30 days? Let someone know. Let someone close to you that you trust know. Because when you're tempted, to eat that dessert that you said you're gonna be fasting and it's day 29.75. You need someone to go, hey, just go to sleep, you got this. Just do it, you got it. It's not weakness, hear me, some, someone need to hear that, it is not weakness to get someone's help. That is not weakness, it's another W word called wisdom. It's wisdom. You want to accomplish the vision. Find someone to be accountable to. Do it and tell someone you're going to do it. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? I'll close with this scripture and then I just want to pray for you. Ephesians 2:10 says this. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Come on, he's got good things for you to do. He's not, what I'm talking about today, it's not just about you fixing you. And you, you, most of you heard this message through the context of I got to get my junk together. It's way more than that. He's created you to do good things. He's planned for you to do great things. He's planned for you to accomplish vision that he will drop into your heart one day. And we're going to do it. I said we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to do what he says because we're not just hearers. We're doers. Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to RenewLifeChurch.com.